From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. But the survey also tells us that the two sides disagree on engagement. And 69% of physicians report that they are actively disengaged, while only 35% of administrators feel that their physicians are that way. So there's obviously a communication gap, but what may be happening is healthcare administrators just may not yet have a pulse on how the physician workforce feels about the current working conditions. That's Tony Stadahar talking about some of the results found in a recent survey that looks at physician retention. We'll hear more from Tony on the survey results and action steps to take to improve physician retention at your practice. But first, a word from our sponsor. Spend more time doing what you love, caring for patients, and less time on clinical documentation. Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient's story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care for increased efficiency in patient throughput. Discover how DAX provides a better patient experience and eliminates afterward documentation. Visit nuance.com DAX to sign up for a live stream demo and explore how DAX, Nuance's ambient clinical intelligence solution can transform your organization. Our guest today is Tony Stadahar, CEO of Jackson Physician Search, a leader and innovator in the recruitment of physicians and advanced practice providers. Tony is here today to talk about the results from the recent physician retention survey conducted by his organization. Tony, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Daniel. It's always great to be with y'all. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And um, you've got an interesting new item here to share with us. You've just published a white paper. It's on physician retention and a possible physician turnover epidemic. Um, that really gets the wheels turning for me, just what that means. So give us an idea. What led to the initial research of this paper? What were you seeing out there for this research to even begin? Sure. Um, the Association of American Medical Colleges reported in 2020 that the shortage could reach as high as 139,000 physicians by 2033. Additionally, the industry sees a turnover rate of about 6 to 7% annually, or roughly 50,000 or more physicians every year. Uh, we know that physician disengagement and high rates are contributors to this. And as you know, Daniel, in April, we began informally polling physicians in our database through job alerts and newsletters so we could kind of get a better understanding of their career plans. But during the month of June, a striking 67% of the physicians we were surveying uh, said yes, that COVID is influencing their decision to seek a new job opportunity. So this really caught our attention and prompted us to do a little more formal survey to better understand the elements around physician retention, engagement, and burnout. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. And 
just to provide some context for our listeners, who did you survey in the research and, and what was the time frame for the survey? We surveyed both uh, healthcare administrators and physicians during the months of October and November in 2020. Uh, we really felt it was important to understand the feelings and opinions from both points of view to show where there's alignment and where there's a disconnect. So what it allowed us to do was share where each group's starting point is and ultimately help facilitate discussion and how to improve the perception and reality of the situation. And at the end of the day, we received completed survey responses from 400 actively practicing physicians and 86 to 90 healthcare administrators. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, an interesting set that you, you chose, you know, sample there to survey. So as you did that, those are different sets of participants, different coming at it from different standpoints. So were you hearing the same responses from them or was there any kind of a disconnect? Maybe where one side was thinking we're doing it this way and the other side maybe thinking we're doing it that way. Yeah, great question. It was really interesting, and there's no doubt that COVID has taken a toll on both physicians, administrators, frontline healthcare workers, and gosh, I guess all of us really when you think about it. Uh, the results, though, suggest that healthcare administrators have been working diligently on effective physician retention programs so they can increase engagement, mitigate turnover, and also contribute to a positive workplace culture but unfortunately, physician responses show that it isn't working and seems largely ineffective at worst and poorly communicated at best. So for example, 83% of physicians say there's no retention program in place, while only 30% of administrators reported that they feel the same. Mm -hmm. So what this tells me is that the administrator's intentions are good, but the delivery, awareness, and inclusion needs a lot of work. They really, really need to relaunch a campaign to discuss it and bring key physicians into those discussions around implementation. And interestingly, mm -hmm. both physicians and administrators rate their current physician retention program poorly. Just 2% of physicians and 10% of administrators rated them highly. So this is why involving both sides is critically important. It's like me telling my children that I'm putting together a plan for them based on what I want them to do. <laughs> it usually doesn't turn out well. Right. Uh, but the survey also tells us that the two sides disagree on engagement. And 69% of physicians report that they are actively disengaged, while only 35% of administrators feel that their physicians are that way. So there's obviously a communication gap, but what may be happening is healthcare administrators just may not yet have a pulse on how the physician workforce feels about the current working conditions. Mm -hmm. You brought up a lot of the key points that I had looked at in, in looking over uh, this white paper and the research in it, some main themes emerged for me that I wanted you to talk about in more detail. Three of those are some, of, some that you've already mentioned, physician retention, physician engagement, and physician burnout. So let's look at how these factors fit together um, and in what ways, how things are going right now, how they're contributing to what you're calling a potential epidemic of physician turnover. Sure. Um, as we discussed earlier, retention is really big. It becomes even more so when there are drastic things happening in the country. 
you know, this kind of thing happened before Daniel, after 9-11, 2008, and it's happening again during this pandemic. Because when bad things happen, people really reevaluate their personal situation. When culture is good in their current role, it's harder for them to make a move. But combine that with a bad culture, and it makes it very easy for them to look elsewhere. Position engagement falls right into retention, of course. Engagement is as easy as consistently asking physicians' opinion. It should be expanded to building a program that brings them to the table and makes them feel as though they're a valuable part of the process. You know, I've been speaking with my friends, both physicians and administrators, since the pandemic began. It didn't take long for burnout to expand to epidemic status. In some of the interviews I did back in June, you could hear the stress and feel the level of angst. This is just bound to wear on anyone. So now flash forward seven or eight months and there's a resurgence of COVID and it's difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel. In effect, they're really, really struggling with, in my opinion, PTSD. And we need to be planning on how to help them get through this and feeling as positive and hopeful as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know that you and I have talked several times um, on the podcast and elsewhere and We've talked about physician search, you know, finding that right spot for physicians. You've been in this uh, business for decades. And I'm just curious, when you do research like this, does anything surprise you in this particular paper, this, the particular results you got here? What, what jumped out at you or surprised you or, or, you know, interested you that you want to dig a little deeper and help find some solutions for those physicians and practices out there? Yeah, good question. Um, as physician recruiters, many times we hear the real reason, if you will, that physicians are really looking for a new opportunity. We hear that they're pursuing progressions in their career, changing circumstances in their personal life. It either creates more or less time to dedicate to their career or they're wanting to relocate to a new part of the country for many, many reasons. But then there are the reasons that can be interpreted as avoidable. Physicians report feeling overworked and underappreciated. Again, this is not unusual. It happens in many different circumstances, and I'll get to that shortly. Uh, But they feel they don't get any recognition. We hear that they have little control or autonomy in how they practice medicine, and that contributes, of course, to poor levels of engagement. We also hear that the administrative side of medicine leaves too little time for patient interaction, and the productivity requirements are unreasonable. Our survey asked for physicians' feedback in their own words. And considering COVID and the tremendous sacrifices they've made, uh, such as basically isolating themselves from their families, becoming ill personally, uh, these comments really kind of tugged at our heartstrings a bit. For example, some of the things we heard from them, a few quotes. Mm -hmm. It is mind-boggling to me to think that there may be organizations that value their physicians and try to actively retain them. That's very telling. Uh, Another, solid mentors are rare because most physicians are bitter due to having been through so much. It feels lonely to start out without someone. Another topic, our facility is run with retaliation and fear. Doctors are checked out and are afraid to give their views. Physicians are tired of being seen as interchangeable. We are not factory workers. And one of the last ones was words of kindness and praise are prominently lacking. MDs are not valued members of a decision team. 
we're given ridiculous and onerous production targets that do not reward patient relations or quality of care. So when you hear some of those things, it's like you can't help but feel that the, the effects of COVID are amplifying some of the feelings that they've had in the past. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you mentioned 9-11 earlier, and you were in this business at that time as well, and that you said that caused some turnover at the time. It seemed like it, it's, it, it was an incredible tragedy, tragedy but, but, you know, in many ways in America, we, we, we picked up, you know, healed, moved on with COVID. I know that we have the vaccine out there now, but at the same time, it just, it continues to move on and it's, it's really crushing in that way. Is, is that what you're hearing when you're continuing to have those conversations that, you know, you always, when you're in a, a tragedy or a stressful situation, you're hoping for a little bit of that light at the end of the tunnel, a little bit of light where you can go, okay, I can relax now. But are you hearing anything from your physician friends and, and people that you're working with that they're, they're able to exhale a little bit? Or are they still tense and, and a little bit of that PTSD going on right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think in speaking with some of them, some of the things that I'm hearing are that you know, just like the public, they're not sure what is going on in terms of the vaccine and things like that. And I think you're probably hearing in the news as well that many physicians and, and healthcare workers are hesitant to take the vaccines themselves. Mm-hmm. So while there's the promise and the hope that the vaccine has given us, the rush to get it through, the necessary rush to get it through, um, still makes people wonder. And while it might replace some of the angst, I think it, it puts some additional angst on as well. Uh, one of my friends recently said that he did take the first vaccine, but he's trying to determine when is he going to take the second vaccine because he might go on vacation and he's a little concerned as to whether he might be where he could get the best professional care should the second vaccine cause him to get ill. And we have been hearing about that happening with second vex, with the second dose, but not that often. But it, it is sometimes affecting people that way. And you know, as we talked earlier, the informal poll that gathered said that 67% of physicians said that COVID was prompting them to look for new jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, considering that was taken in June rather than early on, rather early on in the pandemic, uh, when much of the country is just beginning to reopen, we felt that a high percentage could be due to reduced patient volumes, sluggish recruitment environment, et cetera. But when we asked physicians again later in the year if COVID had changed their employment plans, um, and if yes, which options they were most seriously considering, 54% of those answered the survey said yes. Hmm. Furthermore, what really caught our attention was that 21% were considering early retirement, 15% said they were leaving to do something other than medicine altogether. So understand that with the physician shortage that we discussed earlier, if that comes to fruition, it could be devastating to the industry in many ways, as well as to Americans as patients who need access to quality healthcare. Additionally, 54%, excuse me, 54% said yes, and 50, 50% of those said they're planning to leave their current employer to work for another one. If nothing else, this suggests the typical annual turnover rate we discussed might be ready to explode. But keep in mind, to your point, you know, we heard similar things after 2008 and the ACA as well, but 
those didn't have nearly the personal hardship and pain that's been brought on by COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you've uh, delivered some really powerful statistics, uh, eye-opening statistics there. Are you able in your data to separate the turnover? Because as, as you've been doing this research, you've seen that every year anyway that we were facing a physician shortage, we already were seeing many physicians at, well, retirement age is relative, right? But um, a retirement that they saw, well, maybe I'll just go ahead and, and retire now, or it's my time, I'm, I'm done. But now you've got COVID that might exacerbate that. So are you able to separate that at all and figure out what's being caused specifically by maybe uh, COVID in these early retirements or early decisions to just move on into research or other aspects of science versus um, what would have been there anyway? Yeah, that's that's really a good question. And right now, to answer that, it's, it's like having a little bit of a crystal ball. Mm -hmm. um, but I can tell you to your point that you always know there's going to be a percentage of people that retire. That's just natural and that's going to be coming. And I think on one of our previous podcasts, we even discussed that um, a fair percentage of those people say, you know, yes, I'm going to retire, but I may want to continue practicing, even if it's only 50% of the time or 75% mm -hmm. of the time, but I don't want this full-time grind. So we expect that to happen. But the things that are happening now, I think that are affecting people, I mean, you see on the news and think about the little snippets of news that we see where we see doctors who are shown with their head in their hands as though they, they just right. can't take it anymore. Uh, when you see um, people being carted out to uh, refrigerated uh, vehicles to make sure that they can have a, a big enough space to put hundreds of people who've passed away from COVID mm -hmm. and hospitals that are overwhelmed to the point where they're placing patients on ventilators in their, uh, in their gift shops and things like that, that are just having to be transformed into places for people to basically hopefully heal, but in all probability die. Mm -hmm. um, this is, this feels like a war zone is yeah. what it reminds me of. And I think that the mental effect that that's going to have on people is going to drive those numbers up higher. So those are the things that, you know, I really am trying to look at and keep in mind, um, you know, but it's, it's just frustrating to see and it's heartbreaking to see because you can just almost feel their spirit being taken from them. You know, I remember speaking to somebody when uh, Katrina hit, you know, many years ago in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you recall this or not, but there was a very prominent uh, chief medical officer that was charged with murder because she had to make a decision at one point of which patients were going to be chosen to try and save and which ones really didn't have a chance. Um, you know, all of those things are out there and those are real situations that have happened. And uh, those are things that you're hearing people say right now. I, I'm sure you've heard this in the news, Daniel, people saying we have to decide who's going to make it, and who's not. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you can not be affected if you're a physician dealing with that day in, day out. Right. Yeah, it's so important to put it, put this human face onto this story. And you're, you're, I've seen some of those images you're talking about and some of those that have stood out to me or nurses and doctors who have 
you know, had those masks on for hours and hours and hours and they've taken them off and there's just this deep imprint into their faces and it's not only that but it's the look on their faces it is what you're talking about like a war zone that that same look that you see from some of those combat photos of soldiers and civilians um that just just this broken sort of look and it's just it's just it it pulls at you so i i'm yeah. really glad that you brought up that aspect of this um and i would add one last thing and mm -hmm. that deep imprint that you see on their faces from those masks mm -hmm. you know what might sound a little weird analogy but the imprint that it's leaving in their heads and their hearts that's mm -hmm. the bigger imprint absolutely uh, the good point good point um as we do here, we, <laughs> we'll bring up a, a problem, and this is a problem that you've identified. It is a challenge that you've identified, but we really do want to look at some solutions. So based on your research, um, are there some remedies for practices to take? I think one of the more alarming things from the research and that you brought up earlier was this disconnect of where um, perhaps the physicians thought there was not the proper engagement. The practices maybe have some great plans in there and they're not, maybe it's just not meeting uh, the audience there. So what are some things that um, can be done now, some first steps towards an action plan that practices can take to, to try to remedy this situation? Okay, yeah, I would say number one, you either immediately start on a retention plan or dust the cobwebs off of your existing one and revamp it. Because for the most part, it isn't resonating with doctors as, as the study shows. Um, second, I would build a committee and make it at least 50% physician participation. And then you know, sit down, build a plan with this group based on what your physician leadership is sharing with you. You might be surprised at the simplicity of some of the solutions that can make a real, real difference. Next, I think after the initial plan, call a town hall. You know, of course, it might have to be virtual, but this will give you the opportunity to get additional feedback. But more importantly, it lets all of the doctors on your staff and nurses and, and mid-levels uh, know that you care and you want to help make their lives better. Uh, then look for opportunities to compliment and recognize your staff. Um, as some of the people said in the survey, a little praise can go a long way. And then, you know, a couple other little things, but I think can be big is ask your physicians if they feel they might benefit from a mentor, uh, either from the physician or the administrative side. Uh, but the biggest, most important thing that I'm going to tell you is just do something mm -hmm. and let them know you're doing something and that you care and you want to be involved in helping them. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, You've provided an action plan, you've painted the picture there, but any final thoughts then you'd like to share with our audience about physician turnover, retention, physician engagement, anything else that either through this research or from your own personal thoughts? Yeah, you know, I don't wanna go into long detailed information because I'm sure everybody knows and they've heard so many times of how important it is to retain your, your staff. Um, it's much less expensive, it's much more cohesive, and uh, productivity is better, and mental health is better. But the most important thing I'd like to just say is just be proactive. Uh, know what your staff is going through, 
and that they're hurting for a number of reasons right now and just come up with ways to help them. Work diligently on finding ways to set up support for mental health issue, because in my opinion, this will be the biggest issue facing them now and in the near future. All right, well, Tony, as always, thanks so much for joining the show and for sharing these insights with us. Well, it's my pleasure, Daniel. I always enjoy speaking with y'all and we, we love being the executive partner with MGMA, so I, I really appreciate your, uh, your conversations anytime. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Tony Stadahar. You can access Tony's new white paper, On the Verge of a Physician Turnover Epidemic, at jacksonphysiciansearch.com. And thanks to Nuance for sponsoring this week's show. Visit nuance.com slash DAX to sign up for a live stream demo and explore how DAX, Nuance's ambient clinical intelligence solution, can transform your organization. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com membership. Thanks.